Hello, and welcome back to the Boundless Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Rayner-Rath, and I am just so happy you're here today. Last week, I opened up about my testimony. I shared how God's boundless grace constantly shows up for me in all of my seasons. So if you missed it, definitely go back and listen. I think it just makes all the difference in the world to know who you're talking to. Um, This episode, we are talking about finding perspective and finding purpose in the waiting seasons of our lives. Living in Virginia has been the biggest season of waiting I've ever been through. It's definitely not been the only season of waiting, um, but definitely the biggest one, the longest one, the hardest one. It's been the most isolating one. And if we're being honest, which I promise to always be with you, I'm, you know, this is the one that I'm the least proud of how I've handled it and how I've navigated through. Um, Have you ever experienced a waiting period in your life? Are you maybe in a waiting period right now? Maybe just coming out of one, maybe going into one. Maybe you've been in a waiting period for what seems like forever. Um, I can usually tell I'm in a, in a waiting period because I feel lonely and things that come up when I'm in a waiting waiting season, I I feel hopeless. And that's not of my nature. That's actually not of your nature either. God didn't create you for that. Um but I also I also feel sad. I feel depressed, anxious. I feel like I'm just trying to rush through this period. I feel like I'm trying to just hurry up and get through it so I can get to what's on the other side or trying to go back and back out of it, kind of like, you know, moonwalk out of the of the season so that I can go back to who how it used to be or whatever that whatever that means. Uh, I'm I'm usually trying to figure out the fastest way to get through or how I can just, you know, skip this part. Can we skip to the good part? <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing is that, yeah, you might actually be able to find ways to skip through if you really try, but God does this thing where he will bring you right back to it, sit you right back down again so that you can learn what you were meant to learn or develop what you were meant to develop or meet who you were meant to meet or so that he can prune what he is trying to prune within you. Um, that word prune was like introduced to me about 10 years ago. Um, pruning, and this is just by definition means to cut away when you're talking specifically about pruning a tree. Um, it literally means cutting away the dead branches. And the definition actually has another part attached to that, that says cutting away the dead branches, especially to increase fruitfulness or growth. So like in order for the tree to grow, to its best and most beautiful and strongest potential, you got to cut the dead branches off. I have like so many analogies for this. It's like your hair. It's like split ends. You know, if you talk to your hairdresser or your, your girl, she's going to tell you, you got to cut your split ends off. Otherwise your hair is never going to grow and look healthy. So you got to part with some of it in order for it to come back. Right. Sometimes it's like super obvious what God is doing because he will remove a person from your life like a breakup or the end of a friendship or a coworker that maybe was toxic. Um, Other times this pruning process comes in the form of waiting, waiting to be able to have kids, waiting to meet your spouse, waiting on like your health to improve, waiting for that thing that you want more than anything on this earth. Right now I am in many different waiting seasons all at the same time. And it might sound like I'm talking about myself a lot, but I promise I want you guys to look through the lens of my story and see that I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about myself so that you can see yourself in 
these lessons I'm learning or the stories I'm telling. Um, so it's, it's in this waiting period that God has pruned away my dead branches. Here's one example. So our heart's desire as a couple is to be parents. We want to be the best dang parents you'll ever meet. The most present, the most communicative, the parents who are so in love with each other that (laughs) our kids get to grow up watching that love and affection at very close range. My parents are that way. And I'm super clear that how grateful I get to be for that. But there were a lot of dead branches within our marriage. I mean, we've been together for a decade in this period of waiting that we're both in separately, individually, and together. God has pruned away so many of those unfruitful areas. It's insane. We've had to endure the most painful period of time away from our families. My husband's in the Navy, so military families, I see you, I hear you, I get it. Um, The most isolating and lonely season of our lives. Missing my family events, missing just everyday life with the people that we love the most in this world. I mean, we're not meant to be alone, you know? Um, But if we were not placed right here in this little corner of Virginia right now at this exact spot and time in our marriage, there is no way we would ever have been able to be pruned the way that we are being pruned right now. There would have been so many distractions, too many distractions, too many voices, making it like harder to decipher his voice, God's voice, too many opportunities to put these things on the back burner to deal with another time. When I picture my daughter's face or my son's face, I also picture the woman that I'm going to be when it's time to hold them in my arms. And that woman would not be able to grow without the intentional pruning of the ultimate arborist, which is Jesus Christ. Same goes for my husband. So yeah, this is painful, but I am grateful and I'm trusting and I am done trying to skip the good part or skip to the good part. Because let me tell you, this is the good part. You can open your eyes and look around at the goodness of God at any given moment you're walking on this earth. In the best of times and in the worst of times, he is showing up for you. But pay attention to the loud, screaming voice of the enemy of your soul because he will and he is trying to convince you that you're alone and that this waiting period is a waste of time and that you're running out of time and that this is not where you're supposed to be and that your goals are further away from you now and that your prayers are going unanswered and the clock is ticking. Let me be the voice that calls out those lies for you. He wants to lead you astray and cause you to lose hope and steal your joy, and destroy your trust, and kill your patience. The enemy only does three things, kill, steal, and destroy. So he's looking to steal your joy, to kill your, to kill your patience, to destroy your trust. But hold that lie up to the truth. Okay, so let's talk truth. Okay, real quick. Let's go through a couple things that God says about the waiting. Okay. Um, The first reference I'm going to go through is Isaiah. So Isaiah 40 verse 31, it says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. (laughs) I mean, that's just like the most powerful image. I'm such an image person. I'm such like a visual person. So when I read this, I actually see like what an eagle looks like when he's mounting up. It's strength. It's power. It's poise. It's courage. And it's not a spirit of cowering or hiding. 
Um, so that gives me hope. The second verse I want to reference is first Peter, first Peter five ten. There's so much good stuff about patience and waiting in first Peter. So if you are like looking for something to dive into, go into first Peter in his kindness, God, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Let's go through those words really quick, okay? Restore. So after you suffered for a little while, it's there. It's right there. So I don't know why we walk around in this world thinking that things are not going to be hard or or being so thrown off when trials and tribulations and and stuff comes up for us. It is promised to us that it is going to be hard, especially you know, stuff doesn't get any easier when you start to follow Christ. If anything, there's a target on your back now. The enemy wants you more. And think about it this way. Thieves don't rob empty houses. And so when you are choosing the Lord, when you are choosing to navigate life with God as your North Star, the enemy is beelining his way to you because he wants you that much more. Um, and so I, I don't want us to be surprised or shocked when things come up, when suffering happens in our life. So it says eternal glory. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation, restore support and strengthen. Those are words I love. Restore implies that he is going to give back what you think you've lost tenfold. Support means that you don't have to do it by yourself that he's going to hold the heavy stuff, that he's going to do the heavy lifting and strengthen you, which means you're going to come out of this stronger and he will place you on a firm foundation. Okay. So next I want to reference Romans 12, 12. This is a simple one and you know, it's just short and sweet, but I feel like it's important because I know somebody needs to hear it. So it says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. So many times, like daily, daily, I'm so serious, daily, I will try to figure out everything by myself. I will literally go through this tribulation or whatever is, you know, right in front of me that I'm trying to figure out. And I will do all the things. I will call my best friend. I will call my other friend. I will call my mom. I will talk to my husband about it. I will, you know, try to come up with my own ideas on how to solve it. I will talk to everybody and do everything before I get on my knees and pray. Like, why is it so hard for me to just remember that I should be going there first? I feel like I can't be the only one. <laughs> so here's a reminder to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. It's not just like an occasional thing. It's an every day, every minute, all day thing to be in constant communion with the Lord. So second Peter Three nine says this, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Oh my gosh. I love this because it reminds us that God has this bird's eye perspective that he sees things so differently than us. Like that line about a thousand years to the Lord is like a day and a day is like a thousand years. We are not seeing the whole picture. 
we see some pages, but he sees the whole book. Like we see the corner puzzle pieces and he sees the picture on the box. Honestly, I feel like if you're a parent, you can really understand this perspective to a certain extent. When your child is running out into the street, they might think that that would be super fun. And there's something in the street that they want to go get and they don't see anything wrong with it. Right. But you can see the car coming down the street at 50 miles an hour. And so when you tell them no, and you make them come back and wait and look both ways, they're probably going to be PO'd at you. They're probably going to, you know, do whatever kids do when they can't have what they want immediately, <laughs> like us to God. But you're not going to change the plan and be like, oh, well, you're upset. So I'm just going to let you go out and get hit by this car. No, you can see the whole perspective. You can see things they cannot see. And that's how our Heavenly Father is to us. I rely on this perspective so often because really we get sucked into like what's going on down here and we forget to ask ourselves, does this have eternal value? What is God actually doing here for me? And sometimes we don't get the answer to that, but I love that I have built this trust to where I know that if I'm not getting something that I, that I want immediately, it's for the better. That doesn't mean it's not painful. That doesn't mean I'm not going to throw a fit. Trust me, I throw fits with God on a daily basis, but he can handle it. And ultimately, I'm going to know that he can be trusted. So he has this bird's eye perspective. Another version says, um, I think it's the NLT version. I like the wording of this. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Like what a merciful God that he's going to be patient with us because he could really just be like, nah, you're, this isn't it for you. But he's going to be patient. He's going to let it play out. He's going to move things around for us. He's going to give us chance after chance after chance after chance to come to him. That's grace. Um, okay, so also don't forget that you're in good company in this waiting season. Okay, David waited 15 years. <laughs> 15 years to be king. Moses. We all know Moses. Moses waited 40 years to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. 40. I haven't even been alive for 40 years. Sarah waited 25 years for her child. So unlike what the enemy wants you to believe, you're actually not alone. In Philippians, it says, uh, Philippians 1.6, it says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. He trust that he will finish the work that he started in you. If he, if he planted a vision on your heart, he's going to see it through. He would not have planted that vision within you if he didn't have the intention of delivering you through it. Whatever that vision is, it doesn't need to necessarily be like, you know, a vision of a new business or a vision of a spouse or anything like that. Any, any kind of anything that God starts in you, he's going to finish it. And we get to trust that. We live in this instant gratification world. Okay. Like everything is so immediate. We watch video clips for seven seconds at a time. And then what? We're so bored. We have to scroll to the next one. Videos that are longer than seven seconds don't get as many views. I don't know if you knew that. We can order something, anything that we want online and have it delivered to us the literal next day onto our doorstep. 
any information that we need or want, we can type into our little phones and get it right there on that screen immediately. And that's not how God works. He's not an instant, instant gratification God. So my favorite author, one of my favorite authors, his name's Rick Warren. He says, while we worry about how fast we grow, God is concerned with how strong we grow. God views our lives from and for eternity. He is never in a hurry. We are the ones in a hurry. And so honestly, that kind of gives me a little bit of hope because that means that we have some say in how we feel. So if I'm the one who's in a hurry and it's not God, then I get to work on the skills that it takes to not be in a hurry all the time. To learn to trust that my God has my best interest and the best interest of the kingdom at heart always. When things stress me out down here on earth or cause me to go into this anxiety state, which happens often. Listen, I'm not being preachy, okay? I, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm actually doing quite the opposite and wanting to show you that it's not just you that feels anxious, that feels stuck, that feels panicked sometimes, often. <laughs> I always, always, always bring myself to my knees and ask God to show me what he sees. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does not. Because if I saw the whole thing, then I wouldn't take the next right step. When I was creating this podcast, I had no idea what I was doing. I still kind of don't. But he often gives me visions, and I'm sure he does for you. And I'm not talking like I close my eyes and I see like a picture. I mean, I feel on my heart a calling to do something. Whether that is to go and talk to the woman in the corner of the grocery store who looks like she's having a hard time, or whether that is to volunteer for something that I really didn't want to do, but I'm feeling convicted to do it, or whether it is to turn off the dang TV because what's on the television doesn't align with what God wants me to hear. These are convictions of the heart. And so when I get stressed about those things or you know, when those things come up within me, and I ask him to show me the full picture and he chooses not to, I know it's because if I saw the whole thing, I'd make moves he doesn't want me to make. So knowing these things doesn't make the pain of growth or like the pain of waiting, which are often the same thing, any lessened. The pain is still there. You're allowed to feel it. In fact, you actually must feel it. You're allowed to be pissed. You're allowed to be hurting, to be angry. Just don't stay there for too long. Take it all to his feet. Yell, cry, pray, do whatever you need to do, but do it at the feet of Jesus and ask him to finish the good work that he's started in you. And please, 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 for the love of all good things, stop trying to carry it all alone. Lean on your brothers and sisters in Christ. Lean on what is in the Bible. Lean on what the truth is that Christ says about you. Lean on people who care about you. Because, you know, this whole growing thing, this whole pruning and changing and waiting thing, it's not just only about us. God is constantly positioning us for others to observe or to learn from or be impacted by. Remember, he uses all things for the good of those who love him. So don't hide. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're the only one. I am here to shout loudly that you are not. If you're in a season of waiting and you're listening to this, please know that it is not by coincidence. It is not by chance. It is not random. 
God hears you and he sees you and he loves you and you can trust him. So if this episode spoke to you, please don't forget to leave a review and follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to. To stay up to date on all things The Boundless Pod, follow us on Instagram at The Boundless Pod. And as always, I dare you to look for how God's boundless grace is covering you this week. I promise, I promise it's there. (laughs) 